Let's Talk PR and More. Public relations, media, publicity, integrated communications, marketing, digital, reputation management, and more. Let's Talk PR and More with award-winning PR strategist, Sherry Goldman. Hi, I'm Sherry Goldman, president of Goldman Communications Group, and welcome to Let's Talk PR and More. Today's guest is Michael Harrison. Michael is one of America's leading authorities on radio, communications, and public opinion. For the past 33 years, he has been the editor and publisher of Talkers, the leading trade publication on the American talk radio industry, and he produces the annual Talkers convention for almost as long. He's been an on-air radio personality or program director at some of the most legendary radio stations, including New York's WNEW-FM, WLIR-FM, WCBS-FM, and WPIX-FM. He has an award-winning podcast, The Michael Harrison Interview, has hosted and produced national radio programs syndicated by ABC Radio Networks, Westwood One, CBS Radio, and more, and has advised three U.S. presidents on their relationships with the American radio industry. And that's just a small sample of his amazing resume. I met Michael when I joined the Deedon's Advisory Board for Hofstra University's Herbert School of Communications, on which he also sits. He's one of the smartest and best connected people I know to talk about radio and how it intersects with news, PR, and more. And on top of that, he's a really great guy. So I'm so honored Michael is here today. Welcome, Michael. Oh, Sherry, that's a very lovely intro, uh, introduction. Thank you so much, and I'm honored to be on your program. Oh, so great to have you. So, of course, let's talk radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> radio. What do you want to talk about? There's okay, so, so let's much talk, to discuss. So much. Radio is alive, and its share of listeners is actually higher than other platforms. It's higher than streaming. It's higher than TV. But people don't think of radio is powerful and relevant, and it really is. So, overarching question, what's the state of radio today? It's uh, confusing. The state of radio is uh, is a matter of mixed signals, uh, no pun intended, and mixed <laughs> emotions. Uh, yes, you're right. A lot of people are listening to radio. Radio is extremely vital, alive, being used, but it, like so many of the other media from the 20th century, movies, um, uh, newspapers, uh, so, so many other platforms that have their roots in the 20th century are going through identity crises and you know business model questions in terms of how to integrate into and exist within this very strange universe of media, you know, called the digital era. So um, things are both good and bad for radio in terms of public perception, morale in the industry, economics of the business in terms of advertising revenues in the 21st century, not to mention competition from exotic digital media. But it's also good because it's audio, it's uh, historic, it just celebrated its 100th anniversary. And um, if it if it continues to provide good relevant, useful programming and figure out how to be more than just AM and FM, radio has a bright future. You say be more than just AM and FM. What mm-hmm. does that mean? Does that mean simulcast online so it's streaming? I know the station we're on today, um, you can stream it or you can listen on an FM radio. It has to uh, be able to be on many platforms at the same time. It has to have different um uh, types of programming on different platforms as well as simulcast programming in order to be competitive. 
um, and that's where uh, it runs into problems. Um, but uh, but yes, it, it, when I say going beyond AM or FM, there has to be a way to access radio station programming or radio programs. They don't even need to be on a station anymore. Um, online, digitally, and all the platforms, the podcasting, uh, the um, uh, platforms that are hybrids of video and audio, um, and, uh, you know, there's satellite radio. My goodness, you, you can't be relegated only to uh, being heard by people who have the device known as a radio. It has to be more than that. I'm, I'm assuming the younger generation probably doesn't even have that device often. That's one of the reasons. <laughs> Unless why. they have a car. And even that's now in jeopardy because one of the major issues in the radio business today is the move on the part of uh, many of the automakers to eliminate AM radios from their dashboards. Right. I heard they just tabled that for another year or two. The radio yeah, there's been, a, there's been a blowback uh, from uh, both uh, the, the lobbyists, you know, the NAB, um, from broadcasters across the country, and a bipartisan move to create a law that um, will force the automakers to continue to put AM radios in the dashboards for, you know, uh, at least a foreseeable future. You know, when I think it's crazy, right? I, I listen to radio in the car all the time and, and at home, but I know I'm old. I'm a dinosaur. But when I think well, don't of don't, but don't say that too much because people older than you constitute a, a gigantic segment of the population and are extremely uh, educated, affluent, and active. So to sort of dismiss radio as only being listened to by old people, and of course you're not that old, Thank but you. by old people, is part of the identity problem that radio has. Who is um, radio's audience? You know, you bring up a good point, and I was going to talk about that later. Who is the audience for radio? And not all radio is the same, because I want to talk about local radio and talk radio and all of that. Well, uh, radio is a, is, it has a lot of different kinds of programs. Right. So people that um, would would listen to the kinds of programs that are on radio. People that like sports listen to radio because there's a tremendous amount of sports and it's influential. People that are interested in politics and news, they listen to radio. Radio is one of the most influential platforms for political discussion. There still is a wide variety of music played on radio, so you have music fans. Um, I would say that the pop, considering that, you know, over 100 million people a week listen to radio wow. in a country that has just slightly over you know, 300 million residents. Um, the, the radio audience is a diverse mixture of people from every age and from every uh, gender and uh, uh, ethnic and uh, cultural background, as well as economic. It is true that as you get um, younger and younger, it drops off. And young people today do not consider themselves primarily to be radio listeners the way certainly our generation did when we were kids. Radio was the hip spot, you know, to go to to find out everything you needed to know to be a kid. Absolutely. You know, what the Absolutely. language was. But, yeah, you know, that's how we learned how to be cool kids was listening to radio and DJs and rock music. So, um, but a little bit of radio is listened to by a cross section of the population. Glad to hear that. Like I said, I know it's one of the most popular, it's still the, the most listened to platform. It just has a different perception. So it probably has a PR problem. But um, yes, it does have a PR problem. And, and you know, that, that ties right into, um, into your uh, uh, bailiwick uh, as an expert on public relations and 
promotion, publicity. Uh, and it's what I said earlier, it, it has an identity problem it, 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 and a morale problem. A lot of the people in radio don't realize that it doesn't have to be so bad. There's this attitude of gloom and doom within the industry, much of which is because the major companies that own the major stations are in major debt. And they're not in debt because the radio business is a bad business. They're in debt because too much money was spent during the rise of consolidation in buying radio stations. And now they're stuck with that, with that bill that um, is beyond uh, that which was a good business deal to begin with. But um, if radio was not uh, suffering from so much debt uh, in terms of paying for the stations that that everybody gobbled up when consolidation came into vogue and they uh, they loosened the rules about how many stations one company could own um radio is a good business so um that's that's one of the um you know, complicated little uh, factors that uh, make radio a, a bit confusing. I hate to say consolidation has killed the retail business. It's killed the public mm-hmm. relations business. But that's a whole other show. <laughs> when I hear you talk about that, besides the consolidation, but what radio is good at, talk, politics, sports, news, music, it, it's so niche that obviously different radio offers different shows, different information for people who want it. It's the ultimate customization in essence. I could be wrong. It seems to me um, music may be waning and political and sports and talk growing. I mean, I know as I grew up, I listened to a music station at the top of the hour and the bottom of the hour. They had a little two-minute newscast. You know, it combined everything. Like you said, everything we needed to know to be a kid and to be a, a person, we learned by listening to radio. But now it seems different. Is talk radio the biggest? Is political radio the difference? Is sports radio? Where, where's the growth? I think that talk radio is the savior of radio. Okay, and I know you have uh, talkers, so yeah, that's where you Yeah, but I, but I come from music radio, and, and my background in radio is, is equal. I've spent as many years um, being a pioneer on the music <laughs> side of things as I have on the talk side of things. And uh, basically, uh, my feeling is, is that uh, radio shot itself in the foot. This has happened over, I'd say, the past 20, 25 years. It hasn't. It, it didn't happen one day, but um, when uh, radio management started saying "shut up and play the records," uh, basically to DJs that were the gurus of whatever culture, um, they gave up the franchise that music had, uh, that radio had on music. Radio was the center of music culture, and that happened because they had music directors that were playing the music of the street. They were playing the music of the playgrounds. They were playing the music of the nightclubs. They were playing the music of the concerts. They were playing music that sold and that people all knew. Um, And they stopped doing that. They stopped hiring the kind of people that could do that. Um, And uh, they stopped hiring disc jockeys that presented the music in a way that was influential and made the music more uh, enjoyable to listen to. They gave up radio's position on being the primary source of what's called music discovery. 
And um, many of those uh, DJs went over to the uh, to AM radio, became talk show hosts, where they don't tell you to shut up and play the music. They tell you, you know, shut up during the commercials and run to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a whole it's a whole different thing doing a radio talk show than playing records on the radio. A whole different state of mind, a whole different rhythm to it. And they brought some of that to uh, to politics and to sports and to many other things. There's financial shows and there are real estate shows and there are shows about relationships and, you know, all kinds of talk, spoken word subjects. So um, I think the answer to your question is it's been losing its power in the music world and gaining its um, sustenance in the talk world. And that sustenance in the talk world, is that because people want to engage? Is it because some of those shows you can actually call in? and they engage their audience? Is it more just because it's a platform for voices? Whereas, what do you think? I think that the call-in the call in aspect of talk radio played a major role in its explosion in the early 90s into the aught years of the 21st century. It was a place where uh, free speech could flourish and people could express their views. One of the problems facing talk radio, I'd say in the past five years, 10 years, has been that it's no longer a novelty for people to be able to hear themselves on the radio or have their friends hear them or to use the radio to express themselves. You know, we used to say things like, this is talk radio. This is the the electronic town hall of America. This is where Americans can speak their minds. Well, people don't need talk radio anymore to speak their minds. Everybody is a star. Everybody has a Twitter account and everybody has a Facebook page and everybody is into ratings. You know, how many likes do you have? How many followers do you oh, have? Don't get me. I hate that. Everybody's got a soapbox. Everybody thinks they're an influencer. Everybody, nobody listens, but everybody pushes it out there. Well, this is the problem and you've summed it up beautifully. And so I cannot say in a conversation with you in 2023 that the reason talk radio is still important and, and vital and has a future is because people can call in because not everybody's calling in. Some are texting and some just say, ah, I, you know, I have my own page. I don't need this. But they're still listening. So why are they listening? Because listening people like because them are calling? People are interested in, in, in people are interested in these subjects. Okay. And the other reason people are still listening um, is because um, a lot of um, talent is on the radio. They're entertained. The, the, uh, the very thing that music radio gave up, talk radio has. Matter of fact, the only big names in radio today, I mean, there are a few in the talk realm, but only a few. The, the biggest names in radio today, I mean, all radio, are talkers. They're talk show hosts. Think about it. And the most influential form of radio is talk radio. It actually influences politics. I mean, Donald Trump is, I call Donald Trump the first shock president. <laughs> Donald, Donald Trump took all of the techniques that were developed by everybody from Lenny Bruce in the real old days to Don Imus and Howard Stern and people of that ilk, and he applies it on a higher level in politics. Uh, he's a shock president. Uh, Donald Trump is a president who is like a controversial talk show host. And we're entering a whole new era of uh, conversation and how we how we deal with that, not to mention journalism. Journalism has been affected by the the uh, appeal of opinion that people 
you know, have uh, listening to radio, they want to hear opinion. But they, they want to hear these hear personalities. Their opinion, right? They don't want to hear other opinions because they want to be. They, I call it the daily dance of affirmation. Like they want that. to. They want to feel good about themselves, and even they they want to feel that uh, you know there are people uh, in New York, for example, that are still hopeful. Maybe the Yankees will get it together, mm-hmm. and they want to hear somebody tell them why the Yankees might yet you know be in the playoffs. I'm <laughs> a diehard Yankee fan. We don't pinstripes, and even I'm losing hope, Michael. But but you understand what I'm saying. Yes. You 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 want that that dose of you know adrenaline. You, you know, if you're a Trump fan, you want to know that this in, these inquiries and these indictments are BS. And if you're a Trump hater, you want to know that he's going to come down and that he's going to be destroyed. It, 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 and people hear this and they and, and that's what they want. So we've seen a major shift in the way programming is done, not just in radio, but television, uh, in the realm of news and in newspapers. The idea of doing objective commentary and let the people decide for themselves has proven, unfortunately, not to work as effectively as targeting an audience that already has passion about something or some angle on the subject and catering to that. And and that's why I call it the daily dance of affirmation. You go on the air and you tell the target audience that you're shooting for exactly what they want to hear. So based upon that, does that make radio, is it local? Is it national? And when you are in a market, do you really, certain things would work better in certain states or that versus others? Because obviously different populations want to hear different things. You ask very good questions. And these questions are, are, are more than just applicable to radio. Oh, look at how Look at how America has become dissected and, and divvied up into red states and blue states. We are way as, too as, fragmented. And fragmented uh, media, starting with cable news and now social and radio. You can mm-hmm. get your information in your echo bubble. And so it yeah, amplifies yeah. what you believe and you don't hear anything else, which I think yeah, is destroying so. us. But that's a whole different yeah, but, you know, it, 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 it's destroying us in some ways, and in other ways, it's just a, a wild beast that we have to control because it is, it is a manifestation of the First Amendment and freedom of speech. Absolutely. It, 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 and, and that's why I may complain and, 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 you know, criticize some of these things that we're talking about, but they beat the alternative of having a set of rules enforced by the government on how you can be fair and balanced and not, uh, you know, weighted in one direction or another based upon your opinion. In other words, the the medicine is worse than the disease. And um, democracy is, is untidy. Freedom of speech is untidy. They're unwieldy. They're difficult to manage. And it's very dangerous when people say we've got to we've got to get past this. We've got to control things. We 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 have to get back in control of 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 the marketplace of ideas and how people think and how the media is done uh, because this is dangerous. Well, that's even more dangerous, and um, it's why a lot of people are turning to authoritarianism and not realizing how dangerous that is and how important democracy is and how fragile democracy is because authoritarianism, the kind they have in China, and if I may say the kind that, uh, that Trump embodies, 
Um, it's much more uh, – it's an easier way to run a country. You can turn on a dime. You can make a decision. You don't have to debate. You don't have to argue. You don't have checks and balances. And you don't, you don't have, have to compromise. You can – you know, Exactly. And there are some people that, that like that. They, they, I, I mean, you know, Xi Jinping thinks that the United States is, is a chaotic uh, mess from their perspective. And, uh, you know, why not? They, it, it's good to be king. But um, – <laughs> We've got to learn how to have a fragmented media that is guided by ethics and integrity. And we have to teach our children in school as we get deeper into this age, in this digital era, and ourselves, how to consume media in an educated and mature fashion so that we can overcome the impulse to fall prey, fall prey to the um, daily dance of affirmation. Absolutely. So talk radio, I'm just going to go back because it plays a big role in educating that and being civil and presenting information. Is radio now, radio used to be considered a local medium. You know, when I thought radio when I was growing up, it was local. Now mm -hmm. there seems to be a lot more national. And we talk about these talk shows and news shows and certainly your talkers conference. And I've been fortunate enough to be there the past couple of years. Thank you. It's fabulous. Um Many of the people who I saw as panelists are almost national in scope. So has radio, in essence, nationalized as versus yes. local yes, market? You know, we're, we're, we're big in Nashville or we're big in New York or we're big yeah. in Buffalo. It's both. And it should be both. There are issues and there are personalities that, that, that um, are of national concern and national appeal. But... That shouldn't happen at the expense of local journalism, local news, and local personalities. The answer is both. And um, unfortunately, the, the arena that is suffering most is the local. And a lot of that is economic. A lot of the reasons you have national radio hosts is it's cheaper to run national syndication than it is to hire six different personalities at four-hour shifts every 24 hours the way it was right. in the old no, days. Right. No, I get that. But is it catering to the audience? I mean, do people want that national? Or I, I crave things that are local, that are meaningful, that matter to me. I think people want both. Okay. I think people want both. I think that if you look at your own tastes, that you, you, want to, you want to know what's going on nationally. You want to plug into that national channel, that national host, that national news. But you also do need to know what's going on in your community. You know, we have what's called news deserts. We have places in America for hundreds of miles where there's not a newspaper and there's not a local radio station where they don't have any local news. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they call them news deserts. And um, it's a big problem because a lot of local newspapers, the, you know, the, the, the weekly newspapers that exist, the biweekly newspapers, even local daily newspapers, a lot of them are going out of business are. or cutting back on staff, yep. cutting oh, back on resources. We see that in public relations trying to pitch those reporters. And now, I mean, I hate to say, what was it? I was pitching something recently. I think it was in Rochester, maybe, that paper. They literally had two reporters for this whole daily newspaper. Insane. Right. Yeah. And it's very hard to pitch, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, yes, because he can't cover anything, and it's hard to pitch, and they don't have the resources, even if it's a good story. Um, they just can't do it, which is yeah. a real problem. Yeah, so we're, we're in a very uncomfortable period of evolution right now because of the major, speaking broad strokes here, the major changes in media in general. 
And, you know, as the media changes, as the technology changes, so does the sociology. Sociology follows technology. We, we, we are tremendously influenced as individuals and collectively as a society by the tools and machines that we have. And uh, technology is changing so rapidly, and much of that change is happening within the field of communications. Now with artificial intelligence, not even on the horizon, it's now the present, and um, so many other revolutionary breakthroughs in how we communicate, how we create art, how we create, create scenes, tell stories, you know, aggregate data. We're being rewired. Our nervous systems, you've heard of neuroplasticity, you know, the brain changes. It's like the, any muscle of the body. We're finding ourselves changing in terms of what we consider to be human traits, <laughs> humanity, based upon these changes. I mean, look at attention spans are changing. Oh, they have nothing. They don't have. The generation that's growing up on, on digital has zero attention span. Do you find it happening to you, though? Do you ever find yourself watching an old movie that you once loved and watching it again and going, oh, God, this is dragging? Well, I always would have been a type A, and I would say I always had the attention span of an aardvark, which is why I'm probably good at working on the agency side of the business because I could do right. so many different things. I'm a great multitasker under pressure. But, yes, I don't have patience for some of the same things there's absolutely no question yeah because um, the, the only reason that I, I mentioned that is because you said this new generation the, yeah well the new generation have no attention span whatsoever nothing and they're <laughs> used to getting information pushed to them i mean i i right. teach college and i ask them how they get their information and they literally say what youtube sends them as the next video or Apple News sends them, and I, my head explodes, and then I explain to them how they need to find their news on TikTok. If they're not going to read a newspaper, and they're not going to watch the evening news, or listen to CBS M FM radio, or 1010 Winds in New York, so to speak, then they need to find, get that information from those trusted sources. Trusted sources, that's a very key term, and um, this is all part of what I said, the education of people in terms of dealing with the, uh, with the new media. Um, you, you have to uh, stop and think about, uh, is this news that I am reading, hearing, looking at, uh, having pushed on me, is it vetted? Is it coming from a newsroom? Has it gone through a, a group of editors? Has anybody done proofreading on it? Is there fact-checking on it? Or is it some, some guy, you know, sending out stuff with fancy artwork um, on a computer in his mother's basement. Yeah, I uh, hear you. And the question is, what are radio stations doing to reach that generation? Because you mentioned earlier how they're, they're putting things on different platforms. Are they taking their content and putting it on podcasts? Are they making sure that everything they do gets pushed out digitally so they are reaching people, hopefully to pull them into the radio state their radio audience but to make sure what they are programming or doing is reaching people because audience matters they're doing a good job of it but not a good enough job okay uh i i, I think that this is an area that uh, can use a lot of uh, improvement but um it begins though with the right programming if you're not doing programming that uh, is of interest to an 18-year-old or a 15-year-old or a 25-year-old or a 30-year-old, if you're not creating programming that is vital to their interests and needs, it doesn't matter how much you push it out, put it on TikTok, YouTube, uh, email, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because they're going to reject it because it doesn't interest them. And that's where I think uh, the radio industry, the mainstream radio industry, 
is falling short. They're not creating programming of interest, so then it doesn't matter where it is. No, it's I going, agree, because people, be I mean, one thing I, t- messaging, people only care about the first thing when they hear a message is what's in it for me. So don't tell me what you want me to know. Tell me why I should care about it. And if you exactly. tell me why I'm going to care about it, then I might get engaged with you as a brand, as an organization, as a station, as a show, whatever. Tell me why mm-hmm. it matters to me, which is why, in some ways, I could see why sports would matter, politics, talk, but local, local matters. So, you know, what can radio do better, Michael? I know you run, you know, in talkers or everything. What, what, where, where's radio going? Well, radio is going into the, um, the into the unknown, into oh. the abyss. <laughs> R- radio could be obsolete in five years or ten years, uh, or not. it or it can be reinvented and reinvigorated. We're at a time right now where um, the future of not just a medium or an art form like radio is hanging in the balance, but our entire nation is hanging in the balance. Um, Our humanity is hanging in the balance. This is a pivotal time in human history. This is not a pivotal time this decade, (laughs) or this is going to be a really interesting August. No, we are at a pivotal moment in human history. And um, how we, see, I'm a big believer in, you know, self-actualization and in being, you know, proactive in democracy, <laughs> we've, we've got to do something about it. And um, I've tried in my own way, because I love radio, but radio is more than radio now. You know, we call it talk media. Um, oh, our, okay. uh, our arena is, is radio, uh, online and on AM and FM and satellite, podcasting, and cable news talk television, which in my view, you know, the Fox News channels and the News, news uh, Max uh, TV and MSNBC and CNN, these are all highly influenced. I mean, almost to the point that they're imitative of what talk radio was doing in the 90s and the beginning of the 2000s. Yeah, and it, there are many, I know, hosts that are on the broadcast platforms that also have talk radio shows. Correct. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question because we're almost out of time. Two things I want to ask you. Is there a role for PR people to still create ideas or give ideas to radio for stories or content or gas? That's a or- fabulous, that is a fabulous question. And the answer is a resounding yes. Okay. And, and, and you just got to make sure the ideas that you're giving the people are ideas that they wish they came up with themselves as opposed to ideas that they look at as naive or not on target. In order to be able to give good ideas, good stories, and show them how to do it, you have to know what it is they're looking for and what it is they need. This is, this is the key. And if you're going to write a book or you're going to do something that has to have public relations – before you sit down and write the book, if you expect anybody to give a damn about it, make sure that it's a book that, that answers people's needs and is programmable in terms of talking about it on the radio if you expect people to talk about it. They're not going to do it because it's so well written. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no, definitely just, not. No one ever said, hey, you're a nice person. I'll run your story for you. Would you agree with what I just said? Absolutely. That that's key? Because that's your business. That's yeah. what you do. No, that's why I'm asking you because it's mm-hmm. the challenge is how to get stories on the radio, but targeting a understanding, targeting shows and not throwing out right audience, why it's good for their audience. Tell them why 
it's important. Yeah, give them stuff they need as opposed to stuff homework. you need. Do your homework. Just don't throw stuff against the wall for, for Exactly. Sure. And they'll respect you, and they'll look to you as, as part of their uh, universe of, of input. And that's they'll what actually, we want. We want to be yeah, resources. Yeah, a good, yeah. a good PR person is almost like a, a, an adjunct producer. Oh, I love that term. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to call mm-hmm. myself. I'm adding that to my resume now, adjunct producer. You are. Perfect. And then I have one more thing. For students or people just entering the profession, what advice can you give them about radio or the PR radio relationship? Or is radio still a career that people should think of coming into? Radio is a career if you love it, if you like what it's about, if you're a radio listener. It's a, it's a wonderful career, but you have to approach it from 21st century standards, and you have to try to look ahead to where it's going, which, of course, I said we don't really know. You have to look at media as one large aggregate, one large gestalt of <laughs> platforms that all work together in a symbiotic way. And then you can be successful. In other words, you can't just say, I'm in radio and I'm not in anything else. If you're in radio, you're also in video, you're also in journalism, you're also in, uh, in sociology and every kind of modern technology, social media, etc. Or you can't just be in radio. It won't work. But then again, none of those other ologies will work either <laughs> if you don't do the big picture. Perfect advice and perfect advice to end the show with. Michael, thank you so much for being here. I could talk to you forever, but sadly we're out of time. So I thank Sherry, you it was a pleasure. Time. Great questions. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Let's Talk PR and more for today. You can find more information about the show and about me at Goldman Communications Group's website, www.goldmanpr.net. And if you want to hear the show again, you can listen to the podcast which is posted on Goldman Communications Group's website, as well as on most podcast sites, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. I look forward to talking to PR and more with you all again next week.